Kyle, you 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 ready for a vacation podcast? Of course. Time for a podcast break. Yes, Garrett and Kyle's <laughs> podcast vacation returns. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I made it last year. You heard this yeah. last year. You yeah. heard this last year. I know, but we were in a daze. It was a different time. It was a, it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't sue me less than Jake. I just wanted to borrow three chords. Oh, this podcast podcasts roll a little different still. They're wild <laughs> west in that department. I think that's short enough that even YouTube will be like, eh, it's fine. I don't know what you got. We got dinged for what was that? Uh, Black Parade was it like three notes? Oh, you're talking about when I did the Arthas video. Yeah, but somehow. That was. That was uh, actually from the the least popular My Chemical Romance album. That was uh, nah, 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 nah. It's like nah, like 10 times as the title of the song. Oh, well, they're weird. Good for them, I guess. Apparently, apparently, yeah, yeah. But then 50 Cent in the club, I did like 30 seconds of this song in that video. Totally fine. Like less than 10 seconds. Look at this photograph was fine. Yes, yes. Somehow, that was weird. That is a meme I see on a lot of YouTube videos, so. True, but still, like, I'm I'm kind of surprised because, you know, Nickelback, uh, they seem like in that Metallica kind of like, you know, we'll get you kind of <laughs> mindset. You know, for all the crap I give Nickelback, I have never once heard about them going after anyone. Yeah, I guess good for them then. I, I, I guess so. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Integrity. The lead singer creeps me out. He, they're, they're. Their songs that involve sexual <laughs> themes are aggressive in a way I find very gross. I don't think I know really any Nickelback songs outside of the Sea Shanty cover, which they apparently like officially which, made for themselves. Which is Rockstar. Wait, they made it themselves? Well, they, but like it's on their YouTube. It's on their oh, YouTube. Wow. This the Sea Shanty version by the Lottery Winners is the name. And the Lottery Winners doesn't do any Sea Shanties. So I have no idea how this thing came about. But they like updated the song. So, you know... uh, it's about like finding your rum dealer instead of I think it's a drug dealer. It's that song about I want a rock star. I think yeah, it's rock star. Yeah, yeah, rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, I want to be a rock. Be a rock star. star. That's like the only one I know outside of look at this photograph. Um, what else? Uh, uh, how you remind me was their first hit, which I'm sure you actually know most of the words to without even realizing. Oh, it's uh, a, it's uh, I really am that one. Yeah, that's the, yeah. that was Nickelback's breakout hit. Oh, I, 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 I like that song, actually. Yeah, okay. I worked in the kitchen when it was top 40 on the rock station. Oh, and I gross. never need to hear it again. Yeah, Adele, I could time out my day. Oh, uh, I like Adele. I know, Adele's fine, but Adele's I could time out my security voice. day. When I heard it six times, it was time to come go home. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not a big Adele fan anymore. Yeah, some, Kyle, some folks might be listening or watching, depending <laughs> on how you get this, and thinking, excuse me, I was told we were doing Dungeons & Dragons, Baldur's Gate 3, character creation. How is this relevant? We to are. which I say, it is entirely relevant. Well, Picking out your music for when you role play is extremely important. It's good to have a theme song. Yeah, you probably won't play it in front of other people, but it's a good idea to pick out a theme song. We had a long-running Star Wars Edge of the Empire campaign that essentially within like two or three sessions devolved into being Fast and the Furious in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the Beastie Boys' Sabotage became the theme song for our crime group. (laughs) Because we were like getaway driver. We were like a crew that like would pull heists and stuff within the Star Wars universe is what our campaign became. And I think you joined us 
I did as, a, as yeah, for you one and of the Kristen heists. as as a guest for for one session. We it was our first ever heist, and that was the first time our DM thought it would be hilarious to introduce sabotage because he he worked it into the world where like <laughs> you steal a speeder, and during one of our rolls we were successful but we got a disadvantage, and he's like, and you turn on the radio in the speeder and it's really loud and you can't turn it down, and he hit a button and sabotage just starts playing, and I'm like, how? I, I don't know or why you thought of this to plan it ahead of time, but it is to this day one of my fondest memories of tabletop roleplay because I realized that our mutual friend Ben, <laughs> who was our DM, really understood what Katie and I were looking for. <laughs> I, I do have, like, we're actually going to do it. I have here, I have here Baldur's Gate 3. I actually bought it last night because I just wanted to, like, keep it out of my brain. Like, it's, it's not even, I mean, I guess it's it's spoilers, but it's more like just... The labor of having to do Act One again doesn't interest me. Thinking about Divinity Two, I don't. I don't want to do oh, Act One yeah. Divinity Two again. I've seen it too many times. Is, is it? But is it like? Um, is is it? Is it like Final Fantasy Sixteen's demo? Do you get to carry forward your progress? I think you can, and they've set up a system where you can have like four parties saved, so you can like interchange around Shit, with your friends okay. and like drop and go kind of thing. That's so, cool. Yeah. So this is this is coming out on August third. So we're gonna get back from Fan Fest, and that Thursday is already gonna be full delivery of Baldur's Gate. There's also like monk and multi-classing, which isn't in the game for the early access so if you oh, want wow. to take advantage of the other classes or do a multi-class thing then waiting is a good idea too okay okay well but damn we got so it here because this is D uh, D related i haven't looked into any of this i've never played a baldur's gate game before and i had no I, I knew baldur's gate 3 was coming out because there's a contingent of folks in the grinding gear discord that are very curious if we're going to play this game um that's it. That's all I know about Baldur's Gate 3. I didn't know it was in early access. I didn't know, like, we're looking at it. I didn't know you could do this. It's been in early access for two years. It's been out for a long time. Oh, yeah. wow. When you hit when you hit Venture Forth here, it looks like Divinity 2. Like, this is just the Divinity okay. engine. They're doing the Diablo 4 kind of, like, low-res, high-res thing. So when you go into people's faces and cutscenes, you see, like, a better version of the textures like you do in this screen here. You don't look this nice, of course, when you're playing the top-down tactical RPG mode. But that doesn't matter because, you know, you're all zoomed out. You're enjoying yeah, don't, the Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's isometric. Who cares? Exactly, exactly. It doesn't need but to be that you, high, that high fidelity. If you have touched Divinity 2 Original Sin at all, this game's going to start and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's it right there. That, that's Divinity. Uh, well, I, I have. turn-based. Didn't get very deep in Divinity, but uh, got deep enough to be impressed by it and then sad that all my friends had already beaten it. A big majority of the negative reviews you'll find on Steam right now are just people who really like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, which is not a turn-based game. It's that real-time pause RPG style, which okay. you would know from Pillars of Eternity, yep. any of those older kind of style games. And they're good. Like, they're really hard because just the sheer amount of people they put in your party like you'll be in uh, half an hour in it's like hey here's your fifth party member and you have no idea how spells work still <laughs> they're very very intimidating games this is more my speed i really like xcom i really like turn-based uh, pillars of eternity 2 had a turn-based mode which was actually really good too but this is going to be divinity and instead of cooldown based it's going to be more 
long rest based. If you've played any D&D at all, you are aware that the fantasy of D&D, the joke often, is that we all get eight hours of sleep every night because that allows you to get your spells back. So they have made a system where you are in the game and you can choose if there are no enemies by to take short rest to recover some hit points, to recover maybe some abilities. But otherwise, you're managing this resource that allows you to camp. And much like Dragon Age or your ship in Mass Effect or any of that sort of thing, when you go into your ship, when you go to camp, that'll be your big interaction time with the other players, with the other NPCs. Mm, Okay. So you'll quest... Use your daily spells, they're gone, expended, and then go camp and back and forth and back and forth. And I assume resources will be very, very sparse in the early game while they control that mechanic and narrative. And then as you get deeper in the game, you can probably rest as much as you want, just like the Resurrection Scrolls worked in Divinity 2. I didn't know how the Resurrection Scrolls worked, but good to know that there's a through line. So Resurrection took your whole turn. It was like, it would, you know, it, it took a lot of bars, a lot of pips to use and they were very expensive but in the late game you're super duper rich and so you can res as much as you want it's more about the opportunity cost of having to res your friend to keep the battle going okay okay so they kept it tactical it's a tactical game and it is directly taking from DD. you're gonna see the exact DD stats you're gonna see strength dex con intellect wisdom charisma all that sort of thing all the races all the classes all the skills the spells they are directly from DD. i think it's gotten it's a little muddied because this got announced two years ago, and then D&D went on to announce D&D Next slash D&D 1 slash D&D 6th Edition. <laughs> so what you're saying, uh, I know you've already explained some of the bad reviews, but you're about to explain the rest of the bad reviews. Some reviews might be based on that this is based on the oh, wizard's product. Your voice is getting weird. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I grabbed my uh, headphone there, and it ranked. Uh, am, I, am I all better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Grabbed a headphone, pulled down a bar, mixer, it's all good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, some bad reviews may be from that time period. A lot of fans of Baldur's Gate and certainly Larian has its very much own fan base uh, are are just really looking forward to the game. I think Larian has managed to find themselves in that sweet spot where Blizzard found itself in the past, where a lot of companies do when they're at their height where they're just having a lot of fun. You may have heard about the bear thing recently. <laughs> I did hear. I, yes. I, I haven't seen. So it's just at the time of recording this, that, that like just happened. I think it was last week. Um, all I've seen are the memes. I haven't seen the trailer. Uh, like like I said, when when it comes to D&D, anytime D&D stuff comes up and in, in, in the realm of what you and the I do together, nice. my is that nice? Well, you just do the realm, D and D realm, the you know the realm. Yeah, that's all. When I think of realm, I think of Nether Realm and Mortal Kombat. Anyway, oh. uh, the point being is, uh, uh, I just turn my brain off. I'm like, Kyle's got this. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to pay attention to this unless I'm going to play some, and then I just need to worry about my character, which is what we're here to do today. Yes, it's time I for mean, me to worry about this. Yes, I mean it's it's a pearl clutchy at the end of the day. A lot of people are just having fun. A lot of people are clutching pearls for fun but you always have that other group of internet dwellers that's and i don't mean that bad we're all dwelling on the internet i don't mean that a bad thing at all it's just that some people go "Mm, what about those that'll take this seriously what about the people who actually want to have sex with a bear i don't think larian with their logo that gets shot by suction cups is too concerned about increasing the amount of bear sex in the world 
So what happens in the short cutscene is the, the audience voted is what I heard. I, I, I want to know, and I didn't ask for this explanation, but I'm getting it. Yes. A, I believe it's a vampire. Yep. Is seducing a druid who happens to be in bare wild shape for the cutscene. So as though he's talking to another human and seducing them, a bear wanders on screen. So he's glamoring and then, them. And, and a hand like kind of like, you know, caresses nearby. Like it could be anything. It could have been a beaver. It could have been uh, <laughs> another tiefling. Like it could have been anything. Like this was a, this was a fill in with your character moment, but it allowed you as a druid to be a bear for this moment. And it's quite hilarious. And apparently sales shot up on Steam <laughs> after that went out. Which makes sense because they it, understand while, their audience. Right. Well, and you know, oh, you know, all, you can make all the jokes, you can clutch all the pearls you want in the world. What it showcased to most normal people who enjoy RPGs is wow, look at the realm of possibility. We love dating people in games. We want more dating people in games. We want more options, more side dialogues. And this said, hey, there's going to be all kinds of things you can do in here, including being a bear. But and listen, I don't think most people are going to be a listen, bear. Listen, man, it's been a while uh, since certain people uh, have gotten up in arms about Satanism and D&D. So, hey, make people <laughs> mad about bestiality. That'll, se that'll sell some video games. So, uh, that this is based on D&D. And I can keep this very spoiler free because I'm spoiler free and we can make your character. We can start uh, right. hashing out because it's a big project. I'm we won't worry about appearance so much. I this, love making uh, characters and I haven't made oh, that fun. many D&D characters. I've, I've played a couple one shots and had a, had a, a failed attempt at an ongoing D&D campaign. Yeah, you know, that that's life. Yes. That's life a lot of the time. Yeah. So I, I think I've I think I've been a barbarian once and I've been a ranger nice. twice in two different one shots. Okay. And I think I played something else at some point. I don't remember what it was. I mean, those are those are both really solid and more simple, I guess would be the way to say it. Like I really the whole... liked the ranger I played once with you on There Will Be Dungeons. That was a fun yes. character. That was a very the fun Dragon character. Slayer. Who I 100% based on uh, the character of Rayland from the TV show Justified, which has a revival season coming out next week. And it's very much on my mind because I've been rewatching the original series. <laughs> that's what you do. Uh, that's what everyone should do. Yes. And I think that we have entered a world of more produced D&D content. And I've DM'd my own show for There Will Be Dungeons. I've done D&D advice shows like uh, DM Gives Inspiration. When we're talking real here and you're not producing a product... You just steal, steal everything, steal, steal this cool idea, steal that cool idea. <laughs> You've got a picture of Conan from the movie in the eighties. Yeah, sure. Use that as your final villain, whatever. Like as long as you're, as long as you're not unimmersing your players, you are fine. There are certainly those songs, right? Like anytime Star Wars comes on, like don't have a playlist that accidentally plays Star Wars or John Williams music. Cause everyone's be like, Oh, hey, I know that. No, 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 no. Like even Lord of the Rings is off the table. You got to find like really generic maybe like blood and wine not everybody's played the witcher like you know know your audience yeah i could uh, for my table play all the final fantasy 14 music i want and steal all the tropes because <laughs> my players don't play it there's also so many tracks in final fantasy 14 that you could definitely pick a lot of the more innocuous ones you, if you have a, yeah. a primals track that might break people out of it uh, unless you're doing a more rock and roll theme for your 
for your table. Yeah, because we did because my most of my tabletop experiences with Star Wars uh, TTRPGs, um, uh, my DM used every track ever made for Mass Effect. That's and a good one. I have played Mass Effect, but I don't really remember its music because it's extremely uh, not hummable. <laughs> well, and, and John Williams is so iconic. There's a lot like of it. French horn. You hear a French yeah. horn, your brain goes immediately to Star Wars. But you put on Mass Effect, which sounds like ambient mixed with house music. Wow, it's, wow, it's, wow, it wow, puts your wow, head in yeah. a completely different place. And it really did help shape our, our Star Wars campaign into something that was not about like a lone Jedi versus the Empire. Uh, our our campaign was much more the solo movie, so it really worked. It really worked. Whatever like gets your juices flowing. It can be a picture. It can be a song. I know. Uh, I did the uh, campaign with your DM there for a little bit, doing the yeah, Star Wars thing. Buddy Ben. Yeah, we were playing as they were learning the game, and I played a medical droid turned sniper. You know, reprogrammed to be a sniper doctor. <laughs> that was the character that you were playing when you sh- when we had a crossover with our campaign. And yep. that character was wonderful. So was Kristen's. We had a good time. And we had a song. I mean, we had a, a One Republic song that was picked out for us that gave us inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so wherever you get it, it doesn't matter. Now, Baldur's Gate, of course, is going to have a pre-made story. They are looking to supply a DM-like experience. I believe much like Divinity, they're going to have a DM mode where maybe a DM can drop tiles, maybe make maps and do cool stuff like that. But ultimately, that's going to be the side gig for most people. Most people are going to go through this campaign, which is based on the trailers, based on the opening moments. Uh, they end, the trailer ends with, you are the chosen one. Like, big surprise, right? You are going to be important to this world. You are going to be the main adventure. Uh, there might be some Larian tomfoolery while they allow you to pick maybe who wins at the end, like in Divinity 2, where maybe one character be- can become more main character than the other ones. But that's the co-op experience. You are going to be fighting mind flayers, D&D monsters. So be prepared for that. In a normal kind of D&D game, you would talk to your DM and be like, so what's the theme? What are you going for? A good DM, I will say, will be like, I don't know. What are you picking? <laughs> it's a co it's a co-writing thing. But more oftentimes, uh, especially with new DMs, you're going to have like this. I have this great idea. It's like a Zelda world, but it's like dragon influence. And I want to do this kind of like Game of Thrones thing. And you're like, OK, OK, I get you. I, I get where you're coming there's at. A, there's a, 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 a quote from, uh, if, if you're a Blink-182 fan, from Tom DeLong, famously rejoined the band recently. And uh, they're, spent, they're spent charging too much for tickets. But they're on my mind because they just came through Florida. And I have FOMO because they were too expensive. Uh, but they're way back in the day when they switched drummers, Kyle. You're not going to know any of the, oh, anything no. that's coming out of my mouth. Oh, but no. Blink is really famous for having Travis Barker as their drummer. He is arguably the most famous drummer in the world. I'm from uh, the name. As someone who doesn't play drums, I can recognize Travis Barker playing drums, uh, which is something I can't do with most drummers. Um, but uh, there was a time where he wasn't the drummer for Blink, where they, they had an old drummer who I like the old stuff, but he is Travis Barker. He was not uh, left the band. Travis came in and Tom told the story about early in the days when they were doing their first album with Travis, that uh, Travis came to him like annoyed and kind of pissed off one day. That was just like, for the love of God, could you stop doing the same shit on guitar every song? <laughs> and, and Tom's response was, well, why don't you come up with something cool on drums and I'll work around that. And, and Travis, uh, as Tom tells the story, was kind of, stopped in his tracks for a second and went 
I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently that had a massive influence on the first album, uh, that, that Travis made with blink. Um, and so it's kind of, that's what you made me think of just now, you know, it doesn't always have to be the person that writes the lyrics that dictates the campaign that you're putting together. I think the world setting is less important than the opening moment. Like you would really want to know, is it a goblin attack? Like you're doing the, the village start is a goblin mm. attacks the village. Everyone kind of gets inspired. The you know town mayor comes out and is like, we require heroes to go inspect our sister town, which you, may have also been attacked by goblins. You did a one shot with me where it opened with a goblin attack and the mayor came out. It's classic. It, I believe it, I punched it's the, the ball mayor. moving. <laughs> hmm? I believe I, I remember punching the mayor. That's fair. Well, that's the fun of D&D. Like that, that's the tabletop experience, right? Like here in a video game, they can only program so much. I expect Larian to come up with lots and lots of wacky things you can do. They're good at that. I think Larian is very poised to become the new Obsidian. And if this Baldur's Gate 3 goes well, they could find themselves in that uh, Fallout kind of space and doing their own Elder Scrolls and really kind of taking off in that way. But the real fun of D&D is, of course... The complete freedom of range to kick the king the balls, to do what you want, to plan a party, to set up base wherever you want. Like, it's more about how much time do you have as players to give it. Mm. But here, I, I can reveal, a uh, three-year-old trailer now, there's going to be mind flayers, and you got one in your head. They got a little, you got a little uh, sausage, little larva. That bore into your ear and tadpole. you're on a ticking clock. Yeah, tadpole. Yeah, that's the official name. You remember? Yeah, well, well, well done. Is that yeah. the official name? That is the official name. I, I couldn't remember it. You knocked it out of the park. Well I done. I did not know. That. I'm remembering nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was called a tadpole. So it's starting a little astral. You are going to be a prisoner on the flying Nautilus spaceship of Mind Flayers escaping. Okay. So okay. that kind of gets your brain going and, you know, maybe maybe in that way, like starting as a druid has a very, very different feel because you're going to be more nature and you're in this bizarre alien landscape for a time. OK, you'd Kyle. be very fish out of water. What do you what do you want to know from me? Do you want to know what I'm leaning towards or what I want to be sold on? <laughs> oh, uh, ooh, ooh. I want to know both. What, what are you leaning towards? Well, I, I always lean towards Barbarian or Ranger. Uh, I love being mm-hmm. an angry himbo that can throw objects at people. Um, and Ranger just goes back to when I got into fantasy, which was when Lord of the Rings came out as live action movies. And mm. I thought Legolas was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. That also, is fair. I also, also have an Aragorn obsession. Aragorn is Strider. The introduction of Aragorn in Fellowship of the Ring, hood up, smoking a pipe in the corner of the room. The single coolest looking person in the history of cinema. There is a lot of people who would cast Aragorn as a ranger as well. I mean, he was named ranger there, but you have two different rangers. You got your bow ranger and your dual wheel dagger ranger. Very Legolas inspired. Mm. And Legolas did both. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was good enough to do both, but you have to choose in Dungeons and Dragons well, yes, fifth edition. Leg- Legolas is overpowered. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, surfing that shield would be some major deductions to your chances. The, the older it. I get, the more I'm into Aragorn than Legolas. And it's specifically Fellowship Aragorn, because my favorite Aragorn uh, like fight scene is the end where he's doing both the, the sword and the dagger. And he deflects the dagger with the sword. Ah, oh, it's just, ah, oh, yeah. Fellowship. Yeah. Oh. 
Let's just watch Fellowship. That's now the podcast. Sorry, Kyle. Just watch Fellowship. Let's just go watch it's Fellowship. Good. Yeah, no. I, Archer is always my fallback. Um, but as a D&D idiot, I have a question that'll probably make some huh. people laugh. Okay. What the hell is the difference between Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard? Your source of power and where you're channeling that power from. There's some gameplay elements, but when it comes to theming, Sorcerer is naturally born. And as they've gone deeper into D&D editions, it's more about lineage. Like your great, great grandfather was a dragon and that inserted magic into your bloodline. And now you have magic and maybe it was, you know, it can go all kinds of places. It could be like a sun being. It could have been like an evil deity, but somehow your blood is what's magical and you are inherently magical. Okay. So mechanically, a sorcerer always has more spells per day, but knows less spells. Ah, okay. So they, they give like an X-Men in that way too. Like X-Men are, can shoot a lot of laser blasts out of their eyes, but Scott Summers can't really do anything else. <laughs> That's kind of his gig. Okay. A wizard is what you would expect from any sort of wizard media you've consumed. You are training. It's about books. It's about lots and lots of study and because of that you have a spell book which is very very special to you it can be destroyed someone could like burn your book and now you don't know your spells because you have to prep them you have to read them every night to refresh yourself <laughs> you have to like study for the exam the next day <laughs> except the exam and is so, combat <laughs> so wizards are really really fun for dms to have in the game because their spell book can hold any number of spells sort of there's limitations it takes a page to write and all this sort of thing right I, as a DM, get to give you spells all the time. You could come across a wizard's library and be like, oh, cool, finger of death, rip page, put in my book. But you can cast very few spells per day because you're not inherently magical. You've just trained so much. Mm. Warlocks are the in-between, but you have pledged yourself to some sort of being. And it can be astral evil Cthulhu, or it could be like the the demigod of the sun plane and you have some healing spells because of that like there's some wiggle room in there but uh have you ever seen venture bros like yes. the necromancer guy yes Evil. that guy he's a warlock okay he, he goes and has not, conversations with the bob the burger guy okay not not uh not dr strange no dr strange would be a wizard because he had no to i'm, I'm saying that. the guy in venture brothers i always just refer to as not dr strange because he looks like yes, dr strange but he's a warlock Okay. <laughs> Noted. So there's there's kind of your breakdown of the various magic classes. Noted. Okay. Cool. I can say as someone who has played Divinity games before, a ranger is really nice to have because they love bows, and they don't. <laughs> as far as I know, I don't know in Baldur's Gate three, but they have a problem with giving you bow allies. Or maybe they have bow allies are just lame. Either way, you're going to have so many bows and nobody ever wants to use bows when I play these games. So you'll get all the bows. There'll be so many bows for you. Rare bows, <laughs> ancestral bows, epic bows, whatever it may be. They're all <laughs> yours and no one's going to fight you for them. Okay, good to know. I think, they, I think the only really other big distinction to make about D&D uh, &D classes where your brain might be, a cleric is... A cleric is more tanky than a priest. Clerics have armor. They are in chain mail. They have big hammers. They're meant to be in melee. 
a lot of the time you'll find people be like, oh, I'll be the healer of the group. Let me roll a cleric of Paylor. And they want to play very World of Warcraft, very healer in the back, mm. far away. You're not a clothy. You're not with the staff. Even if you've watched like Isekai's animes, like that is not a cleric. D&D clerics are very, very hit you with the hammer. Slay my holy simple. And yeah, yeah. So it, not quite the paladin. But Paladin has this really interesting long history with D&D. In the original version, Paladin was you by chance, accidentally and amazingly rolled all the perfect stats, got super lucky, and you get to play as a Paladin today. (laughs) Did you roll stats before you decided your class? Your stats allowed you to be certain classes in original D&D. D&D was very interesting. Original D&D was based on the chain mail tabletop miniatures game. And you would sort of role play on top of it. But you were supposed to be extremely expendable. Like you'd be in the middle of a game and someone, you know, your buddy would be re-rolling their character. Because they died. Because they died. Yeah. Oh, so they gamified the character creation process because you were expected to die. You could say that so it could be quick and you get back in the game. It's not quick. Original D&D is really clunky if you don't know it. But there was these elements like most people ended up as humans and in fighter and that sort of role. Only if you rolled super duper well, could you even access dwarves or elves or anything like that? This is, of course, a massive simplification. I feel you. I feel you. Well, I'm uh, I'm leaning back toward Ranger. Then now we're talking about Aragorn. I'm like, I wouldn't mind just being a sword wielder <laughs> i mean it fighter's good too like fighter has uh, this great fighting style choice in D oh, as well that. as so you get to choose even defense like you get bonus uh, ac whenever you're wearing armor there's dueling there's archery like honestly if you want to be just bow legolas a fighter will sometimes serve you better if all you want to do is knock arrows and hit guys afar Fighter will give you the better chance to hit the better damage in the long run. A ranger gives you, you know, you want to talk to a plant once in a while. You want to <laughs> teleport between trees, perhaps. You, you know, There's all these uh, side caveats. Maybe you want an animal companion. You know, maybe you want to do like the, the, the pet a tiger while you play kind of thing. Mm. Oh, I do like the animal companion. Animal, com- animal companions are good. Shoot. Yeah, let's go ranger with animal companion. All right, all right. Me. I forgot about the animal companion side of things. Yeah, we got like a beast tamer here. So in the game, it says you have cultivated a strong bond with animals. You can cast find familiar without expending a spell slot. So that would allow you to have a familiar at all times. Oh, are they like. Do they fight with you? Most familiars start off as rather small, like squirrels and. You know, maybe you could get like a raccoon or a ferret. In Ooh, traditional D and D, you're you're familiar with like enhance your ability in some way. Like if you had an owl, you maybe had better night vision or better hearing. Mm. If you had a ferret, maybe you had like better stealth or something like that. Your animal gave you directly, as well as you could send them off. Now, in my own personal home games, familiars were almost always invincible because it was just like we call it hammer space, based on Bugs Bunny pulling a hammer out of nowhere. Like your familiar would just disappear you fall in lava it's okay and your familiar is fine because nobody wants animal murder and no one wants to be like no <laughs> oh no i got hit by a fireball well that's your favorite favorite pet dead <laughs> now you, you just you just wash over that just ignore that bit it's fine uh-huh. there was an hammer space quote unquote 
Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. What were the uh, what were the above options? Is it just how the you above? fight? Oh, yeah, uh, right there. Favored enemy. Oh yes, favorite enemy. Yeah, this is a pretty popular thing for rangers. Very good for campaigns. Oftentimes, you take a guess as to what the DM is most obsessed with. So you're going to pick an enemy type that you might be able to fight better. This looks like they're doing something a little more skill-based, which is fair because it'd actually be kind of a bummer. Since the DM, the DM's pre-programmed. You can't right. be like, I am a, a hunter of goblins. And then this game goes, well, we only have goblins in the opening chapter. Uh, guess your build kind of sucks for the rest of it, right? So they've, they've made an effort here looking at it now to kind of change this into a certain tactical abilities against certain creatures, but also it's like a variety of situations that you might have like this proficiency in history or armor. Okay. Because you were once a, a ranger of the crown. True D&D ranger is like, yes, I really, really hate dragons. And I want plus two to hit dragons. Or I really, really hate ogres or the undead and that sort of thing. And as you level up more and more, you can hate more things. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right. Love the way you hate me. Yep, exactly. I mean, we could use, we could use, you know, we could use your familiar to uh, tank, perhaps, with time, given time. Need to get a bigger familiar. I mean, that's the question for us, too. It's like, are, are we going to do sword and board? You know, are, are we doing sword healer and like filling out with other DPS? Or are we DPS and making NPCs handle the serious business that comes at us? Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. When I when it gets to RPGs, sometimes even though I don't really like playing tank, I take tank just because I know I'm going to be managing that the most. Mm. Like Alistair kind of sucked and was always dying and getting into trouble. So rolling tank meant at least that was taken care of. <laughs> so what are, I've never tanked in a, in a tabletop game. What classes typically fulfill that role? That's a good question. It is, I, I assume we're going to have a tax of opportunity. A lot of that is based around that. So in the tabletop game, your presence being next to a miniature means that if they were to move away from you, you'd get a free attack. And that's kind of the threat is, hey, I'm here. It's not a taunt. It's not threat tables per se, but the DM has to factor in free attacks for the player mm. if you're engaged in melee. And that usually, depending on what the DM's running, can help them avoid uh, just breaking threat. There's also role-playing things like pissing them off, telling them jokes that could, you know, could get threat, <laughs> quote-unquote. Here, it's probably more uh, based on traditional threat about like who hits first. And there is certain abilities such as barbarian prestige classes that allow you to summon ghosts to protect your allies or maybe make you the primary target and other targets are chance to miss if you were to go after them. So those are going to be things like barbarian, fighter, and paladin. There might be some cleric and druid wiggle room in there if we got weird with levels. Mm, okay. Okay. Do you have any idea what actual role playing is like? How does dialogue and dialogue choices factor into this game? There is more dialogue than you would think, and it's all voice for the most part. These games are made in the usual sort of style of your obsidians where your lines aren't normally read. But you have your options, and then the other person speaks, and that goes back to you text selecting. 
So in Divinity 2, whoever engaged the person would be the speaker. So in, in my full co-op playthrough, Kristen had all the persuasion points. And nobody else even bothered being good at talking. If there was ever a scene where we got split up and we had to talk, we were all doomed. But <laughs> Kristen would always walk forward. She was our reader. She would read the books. She would read enemy lines that maybe were said by some bizarre plant creature that wasn't actually voiced. But for the most part, you have a voice in here. You are going to select a version of your voice who will say things like your usual sort of like uh, den of evil kind of things. Like, ah, there's evil in here. Like occasionally your character will comment but I don't think it's going to be so heavy. It's not going to be so shepherd that the character has a life of their own. You're probably going to bring a lot of your own personality to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Because I love playing paladins in games where I don't have to role play, but I don't like the religious aspect when it comes to role playing. They have, by popular demand, there is a paladin build that allows you to not really have a god. Because lots of people are like that. They don't really mm. enjoy that part of it. They don't want to. Some people are just like, hey, you know, I, I, I don't want to have my home table be praying to a fake deity. It might weird my mom out. So can I do all the paladin stuff while just kind of like liking good? <laughs> I like law. I like order. But I don't really want to say praise Paylor every time I do something. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was going to tank. I think I'm leaning fighter. Fighter's good. Fighter has a lot of options. You would probably do the protection here. This says when you have a shield, impose disadvantage on enemies who attack one of your allies while you're within range of them. Disadvantage would be you roll 2d20s and take the lesser. And advantage would be the opposite. You roll 2d20s and take the better. Okay. So it's a very, very powerful skill. Okay, that's cool. Visually, what am I, what am I rocking? Am I doing a, two, a two-handed sword? Am I doing sword and board? You would require a shield. So these fighter styles are all about the weapons you are wielding, like archery here you would select because you're using ranged weapons. Okay. Dueling, you have one melee weapon in one hand and no weapon in the other. You know, that's the lightsaber build. It actually has some really good bonuses too if you're doing the lightsaber business. Okay, very cool. I'm starting to come uh, around. I like the idea of tanking because, you know, we are, this is for going into a video game. Yeah. And then I could do some healing and we split the two other allies amongst ourselves. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Drag them into, into each other's control groups. All right. I Beyond that, your big ones? Hmm? I think let's roll with fighter for now. All right, all right. What, what are you feeling for the race selection? You got your usuals, elf, tiefling, drow, human. Githyanki is, uh, it's, it's an odd one in terms of a player character. It's been around for a very long time. These are like the ancestral enemies of the mind flayers. So I would expect. Okay. So because of the story that they're telling here in Baldur's Gate 3, it may really makes sense to have them. Right. You would be mix. more main character than perhaps others. They traditionally ride dragons that are astral to fight mind flayers in their flying Nautilus ships. So that's a very, very unique play style. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, in terms of look, they look very uh, Star Trek-y or even yeah, Star Trek Marvel. or Marvel alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I all right. Gut, I always go with Elf first, and nothing wrong with Elf. But Tieflings are just cool, and I just watched the D and D movie. 
tieflings are cool. Tieflings are going to be the coolest thing that there's a million of, right? Like that, this is your undead in World of Warcraft. <laughs> this is your like, ooh, I can't wait to be special and and dark and evil and cool. And you log in and just there's millions of you, right? I, from what I've heard, uh, one of the criticisms of the game is you have like no human companions. Everybody's a unique character. Everybody's a special snowflake. You got vampires over here. You got uh, tiefling wizards with hearts that are made of demon machinery. You got all these uh, endless crazy possibilities that very much end up in the, well, wait, 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 wait. I wanted to be the crazy one. Why can't I just be surrounded by lame humans, therefore elevating me in importance of craziness? That's interesting. That is interesting. It's a legit problem in D&D. Like, you show up. There's many, many jokes about the, oh, human paladin, so unique, says the party of three rogue tieflings. <laughs> it, is, it is a classic problem. I tried to start up a D, my most recent table stop, tabletop that I actually ended because I was just like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> it was a little, I got busy too. Second kid, I was born. So I had other things going on too. No, no, but no, believe, please, please throw your friends under the bus publicly. I had a wood spirit, a mountain nymph and i believe a rock golem in the end and i was just like i was planning to do something really like down to earth zelda how do i weave together three elementals (laughs) into a plot (laughs) and because of life it was very easy to abandon ship i'm sure i would have figured it out but it was not the more grounded story i was looking to tell at the time i wanted to do something very one castle in the middle, seven temples. Let's quest. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. All right. There might also be ones that aren't here yet. Like I know Monk is a class that they're going to add on full release. They might get into some fan favorites that Wizards hasn't done yet for fifth edition, like shifters. Shifters are basically Wolverine <laughs> at the end of the day. Do you like <laughs> mutton chops? Do you like maybe being a werewolf, but not really, but you know, smell in the air, like the Wolverine stuff, you know, a little more saber tooth. Yeah. 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 More saber tooth would probably be right. Cause Wolverine puts you in the mind space of the claws and the healing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know, if a tieflings do have some fun things such as the thaumaturgy manifest a sign of supernatural power that can grant advantage on intimidation and performance checks. So if you want to be the conversationalist, Tiefling could empower you there. Just walk up and start chewing the fat, even though I look like the devil. Yeah. I mean, this is the world we live in, right? Like you are going to be in a magical world that is likely full of tieflings. Depending on your DM, you might have situations where they're like, all tieflings were like crazy evil devil borns and they're hated in the streets and that, that, you know, you'd have to account for that. I don't think Larian Studios and Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be throwing down big character choices along that line because it'd be too restrictive. Mm, I feel you. In fact, and and, you know, sometimes it falls apart. Sometimes it kind of sucks, right? Like uh, you could play as a Kunari in uh, Inquisition. And there was a lot of, we we don't, we don't tolerate Kunari here. Oh, but come on in. Come on. It's the same thing happened with wizards. All the Dragon Age games. We hate wizards. You with the wizard hat, do this quest for us. It's staged. It, I feel it's you. programmed. Okay. There's only so much you can do. 
How boring are the humans? Let's just click on humans for a second. I mean, humans, Obama, awarding Obama, they're gonna, always going to have amazing stats, no matter what game you play. <laughs> the most common race in Pharaoh, humans are known for their tenacity, creativity, and endless capacity for growth. So here's plus one to everything because you're so great. Congratulations, human. <laughs> and then what's going on with half elves? Uh, half elf, well, half elf. Half elf is probably the most popular first character. Because really? it's so easy. Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? It's so easy. Why? It, the backstory writes itself. You're a half-elf. Someone in your family didn't like you. Your mother, your father left. Your mother left you. Your parents are Disney dead. Like, they're half-elf <laughs> just, like, speaks to everybody. It's like, I don't really... Instant chip on your shoulder backstory. Exactly. Everyone kind of does this. I don't really know what's going to happen in your game, but my backstory is pre-written. Someone in my family sucks. And maybe the big twist is your family doesn't suck, but everybody hates you because no matter where you go, you're always going to be the outcast. Mm, okay. Okay. What are their race features? Uh, we have a choice. So you are going to have a bonus to things like dexterity if you want. And it suggests that, but you have two points you can put around however you want. So much like human, you might not be good at everything. But your human lineage is a, it allows you to be good at that thing you're looking to do. Okay. And then let's go back. I didn't actually look at what's going on with elves. Yeah. There? Keen senses, bonus to dexterity, long sword proficiency. A lot of this is this is classic D&D, like this, mm -hmm. this huge thing. I'll turn myself off for the video crowd. Uh, you have dark vision. Oh, I love We're, dark vision. Dark vision's cool. I love dark vision. Dark vision is a classic, the classic DM joke of, uh, okay, everybody, you're entering the cave. Who's got torches? I have dark vision, says everybody. <laughs> it is fun. Like, dark so vision's the, cool. Would the short sword proficiency come in if I was doing sword and board? You know, that is an excellent question. If uh, I'm more thinking along the fighter, if you were doing the Jedi build where you have nothing in your offhand, if you could put a torch there, but you got dark vision, you don't need the torch. Long short sword, short long bow, short bow. Like this is this is very classic D and D. And most elves use the long sword because it just does better damage. Your short sword is better for like holding a shield in the other hand. Can you use a long but, sword with the short with the shield? Or yeah, of course. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it's more about how you're going to grip it. So you might choose in a situation to put it in both hands, the long sword, so you can have more damage to hit with. Okay. I think I might be an elf fighter, sir. Hey, man, I have nothing wrong with that. That's solid. I thought I was going to end up some beefy human barbarian going into this. <laughs> I'm, barbarians are incredibly boring to level in fifth edition. Mm. You will become incrementally amazing and you start amazing, but your level up procedure will be all of two minutes reading your book. Whereas everyone else is going to be like, Ooh, what spells should I get? Where should I put my points? Am I going to, do I get this feature? Oh, that's so awesome. No, everything's pre-described for you. You go rage, you hit things big and that's your story. I really, but you're also enjoyed, really good at it. I really enjoyed being a barbarian in uh, a one shot that I played, but it was mostly because I just, I enjoyed annoying my DM. Um, because all of my joy was derived from what's the biggest thing in the room I can try and pick up and hit someone with. And then my DM would have to figure out if I could actually do it or not. Well, yeah, that is a, that is a classic. 
Uh, we call those improvised weapons. And you try to find a weapon equivalent. So if you're wielding a chair leg, you can call that a club. A good DM will call a chair leg a club and let you hit with the club damage. A, I will say, a, a, a frugal DM, perhaps. One who is over-concerned about their balance and their experience might do the, oh, all unarmored things. Un, you know, Improvised weaponry is all D4. No one wants to roll a D4. Pick up a table and you hit for one D4? That's super lame. Yeah, my favorite was uh, I, I successfully rolled to dislodge the bar top in a tavern and swing it at someone. Yes, and that's the good stuff. That's the, that's fun. Yeah. I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, my DM had roll. that look on his face like, you can roll for it. Like, you ain't going to hit. I got a 19. He's like, well, shit, I guess. Nice. <laughs> I guess you get to do this. But it's my right as DM to kick you out of town make you not allowed to stay in that in like there's repercussions for your actions oh we were in we were in open combat by that point so it's not like i just unprovoked you know <laughs> vandalized this place <laughs> not dude i'm all fine i mean i'm personally all for having a uh a fighter in front of me the big advantage to tank barbarian is you get a lot of reductions to the damage you take usually Physical damage, normal damage from like knights and swords is going to be half versus you. So you can take a lot more damage than any other tank can. Ooh. But you're going to get hit a lot more because you're, you know, rolling unarmored. You do have like this unarmored defense thing where your constitution modifier increases your overall armor. But for the most part, you'll never quite be in the range of the paladin and the full plate armor with the tower uh, shield and all of that. That is just the, I will not be hit. I will take full damage once I'm hit, but you cannot hit me through my massive armor. Mm. You will miss all the time. Fair. So if you Fair. got, it depends on your fantasy. I'm leaning towards the fighter because it's just something I've never played. It always seemed kind of straightforward, but I'm kind of enjoying the classic vibes as we talk through this. It's so classy. It's just, it, it does everything you want. And I think the biggest struggle for fun when it comes to mechanic D&D &D, tabletop or how this game is going to play, which is tabletop behind a computer program, dice rolls and all. You want to hit. And not hitting after you wait your whole turn. The video game will be a little faster, but oh my God, waiting all the way through someone's divinity turns, three other players' turns, and then gets to you and you miss. Tragic, hate this game, you know, all those sort of things come out, right? Like the I, I know people who, ah, I hate this game. I'm like, don't say that at my table, but I get you because you rolled for no hit. You got a hit, and Fighter is going to give you that. You have good aim, and you will deliver the attacks you intend to. I feel like you're trying to sell me on a car, uh, and I like it. I like it. You're like, oh, it's going to do everything you want it to do. Yeah, it's got you the want trunk throttle space. response, and you're going to get that throttle response. Mm -hmm. Go and reach, reach under there and hit that button. Yeah, you'll never use it, but hit that button. Oh, you feel that? No, you don't, but didn't you like hitting that button or <laughs> super traction or whatever the hell they'll call it? Uh, usually you want to turn off the traction for a good time. <laughs> so if you, is, are you, you going to do the sword and board? Or are you going to do, uh, I mean, you got great weapon fighting. Like this is where the fantasy comes in. The dual wielding Legolas type. You know, we play a lot of Final Fantasy 14 together and I play a dark knight where I tank, but I'm not allowed to use a shield. So getting back to my roots of tanking with a shield is sounding pretty attractive as someone who hasn't picked up WoW in over a year. 
I do like having disadvantage if I were to be attacked and they were in your business. That's where I'm leaning. You know, when we actually load this up, I might show up and be like, yeah, I decided to go dueling. But uh, right now I'm, I'm leaning towards classic tank, man. I want, I want a shield. I want a sword. Awesome. I want elf ears. Not that that's classic tank, but it is for me. Damn it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm tricking you. I'm really happy. I feel like this was organic, but <laughs> honestly, I'm kind of like, awesome. I get to be the spellcaster. Control. I love control. I, 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 at the beginning, I was like, oh, do I want a tank? And then by the end of this, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're still playing a video game at the end of the day. We're, we're not. <laughs> this isn't entirely theater of the mind tabletop. So, yeah, I think I do. I think I do want a tank. Nice. I love a, I love a shield uh, fantasy. I really do. There's something there's something about it. All, for me, man, it all comes back to the speed ramping in 300 with the shield. Oh, yeah. Shield bash, that, that speed yeah. ramp shield bash at the end of that sequence is one of my favorite five seconds of action in, in any fight scene. 100% barbarians there, all of them. Oh, probably yeah. maybe, maybe a fighter or two. I, I think there were like some ranged attacks going. Yeah, there was a. Well, no, actually, never mind. No, because they updated in fifth edition that javelins were strength based and no longer dexterity based so you could be a barbarian with a bunch of javelins Inter oh that'd be oh that'd be fun what a fun way to have a, a ranged fantasy but not just be rolling with a bow there yeah there used to be some problems with that right like you would have to kind of put a little bit of points into dexterity just to make sure if you ever fought a flying dragon you could actually participate and the big problem was sorcerers in particular because you had so few spells and so few options in the early levels, you would often be like proficient in crossbow just to make sure you didn't suck. Now there's something called cantrips where you can just cast that all the time. This is your basic fireball. You can think of basic fireball, fire, fire bolt, and then you have your big, big cooldowns, which will take your daily slots. Mm. But you can always at least do the basic stuff. Now I want a barbarian with nothing but javelins. I want to name him Happy. Because uh, he's going to walk around with a golf bag full of spears to throw at people. Happy? Happy Gilmore golf bag. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It could work. I'm too normie for you, Kyle. I'm sorry. I, I don't have, no, I, can't, I, I can't throw any isekai references at you. Uh, my my father-in-law uh, works a golf shop, so I'm, I've seen many a <laughs> golf movie. Believe me, I've seen him on many, many times. Oh, shite. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, no, this is this is going to come out fast. As for uh, like our streaming plans, I think we'll just take it as we go. I, I, how how weird that we started up a general gaming show and I finished less games than I did before we did general gaming. Yeah, but it's because when we find something we like, it takes a while for us to finish it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're trying to play it together. Yeah. Yeah, and in that way, I am calm. Like, I don't sit around, like, wishing I was playing Final Fantasy 16 because it's more like a tabletop experience. I literally can't right now. So I don't sit there, like, wishing all night I could because it's just off the table. I just simply can't. It's, it's I'm not going to do it without you. It's how we do it. Yeah. It's how we do it. I would love to go through this with you. Like, I, would, whole thing. I would do. I would do. Divinity, Divinity 2 was, was, is, is my... Uh, I wish I could go back in time and play it with Kyle from the beginning, but you've yeah. already experienced it. It was good. I, I think enough time has passed. If I was, you know, a little more silent participant in that, I could have a good time, but there's nothing quite like mm. the the organic first journey in. No, no. I'm excited for it. Well, Rad, 
Well, I'm not going to sit here and uh, create my character visually. <laughs> no, that was not the goal today. No. Merely, I, I hope this was helpful for people, too, who are thinking, I don't really know D&D &D and got to hear a little bit of backstory as to what's going on in the background. We didn't touch on Bard or Rogue much, but I think those are kind of self-explanatory. You know, you, you, you're either stealthing and stabbing or you're playing the loot for inspirations. Yeah. Probably the next tabletop I do will be Bard. I don't think I want Bard's a Bard game. And there's been a lot of experimentation throughout 5th edition on like non-musical Bards. So you could be a poetry Bard. You could be a intellectual regurgitator. What's the what's the word I'm thinking of? Oh my God. Uh, orator. Orator. Orator regurgitator. Could you come up with a more offensive way? You could be of like a storyteller. Yeah, you, know, you kind of regurgitate a story. <laughs> so it does it doesn't have like so many times, and particularly, you know, my growing up, someone would want to be a bard and be like, You're gonna sing, right? You have to sing. I mean, we're making wizard here say random spells. That's something, you know, the, the Oh the, yeah, the I mean as long as I like can find a way spells, to pull in like pop punk songs into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we're good. We got it. Oh yeah, just give you give yourself that wiggly voice and just like, yeah, sing <laughs> sing whatever you want. Sing your my chemical romance, whatever. <laughs> Pick a line from it. From oh, is there a parade mockeries? going on? This reminds me of when I was a young boy. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all it is. Actually, I'll, I'll, the, behind the curtain, I've dismissed the most bards from my tables. Bards gravitate the most foolish and um, maybe not want to be there kind of players. Like the players who are often like, oh, my friends are doing it. So I, I don't want to miss out. I'll roll a bard and I'll be wacky. And that's where I've had to put my foot down the most is on bars. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's see if uh, the next time we play with paper, Kyle, let's see if I can get myself dismissed <laughs> from your table. You'll have to work pretty hard. It's a disrespect to the game. It wasn't like seducing the barmaid. That Everybody does that. Everybody does that. I don't think I ever did. Try to but yeah, you haven't played a game very long either. We had a two-year Star Wars one, but I don't think I ever ended up trying to seduce anybody in that game. Mm, well, yeah. I mean, it happens uh, less when you're significant others at the table. That's it a, was that's it was literally thing. four people, and we and we were married to each other. It was two yeah. couples. <laughs> if anything, you have the opposite problem where the two that are already kid together start getting together in game. You have to be like, now hold on, you two, come on, come on. <laughs> Let's not disrespect was, the king's throne room here. Katie was literally playing in a lean-in, which, if you know the race in Star Wars, are little reptilian people, about the, like smaller than a hobbit. So the one that goes ah, and then explodes, yes, right? Yes, and she like her character's uh, drive was to become a professional pod racer, so she was very much in that in that in that camp. So no, I didn't. My character did not was not sexually attracted to Katie's <laughs> character in game. There's a weird little reptile that uh, loved spicy food. Yeah. Which one time uh, she uh, successfully rubbed a Star Wars equivalent of spicy flaming Hot Cheetos dust in someone's eyes to incapacitate them. Man, oh, I just want to—I just want to play some tabletop roleplay. Right uh, now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good, man. I'm so excited for this. I've been oh. excited for a long time, but oh man, they had early access out for forever. Yep. Well, rad. Well, I've I've got my character. I'll have to come up with a name. We'll think on that later. That's the role play side of things. <laughs>
And to a future stream, we say, we'll see you there.